Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welcome to Banking Weekly from the Financial Times with me, Patrick Jenkins. Joining me in the studio today are Stephen Morris, our European banking correspondent, and Caroline Binham, our financial regulation correspondent. Down the line, we have David Crow, our banking editor, and Laura Noonan, our US banking editor, joining us from New York. This week, we'll be taking a look at Comets Bank as Unicredit tries to spoil the Deutsche Bank party. Also, Standard Chartered pays a big fine in the US. And finally, a look at US deregulation or re-regulation of foreign banks. First, though, to that Comets Bank story. And David, a few days ago, we broke a story about Unicredit waiting in the wings to try and bid for Germany's second biggest listed bank, even as talks are ongoing between Comets and Deutsche Bank. Interesting cheekiness from the Italians. Yes, so we've known that the chief executive of Unicredit, Jean-Pierre Mustier, has been interested in Commerce Bank for some time. Indeed, he's made some overtures in 2017, we're told, and decided not to proceed then for two reasons. First, there was a lot of opposition among German politicians. And second, he had his hands full at Unicredit, which has been going through a pretty extensive restructuring. Now, that's nearly finished, and Mr. Mustier is betting that the Deutsche Bank Commerz Bank merger negotiations could fall apart, and that if they do, Commerz Bank will then be in play. And so what once seemed unthinkable could be doable. And of course, for Unicredit, they could spin this as some kind of alternative German banking champion, couldn't they? Because they already have a big lender of their own in Germany, HVB, which they bought several years ago. And combining that with Commerz could be an alternative champion. Yes, and I think they think this is one of their best arguments. The Deutsche Bank Commerz Bank deal is likely to result in tens of thousands of job losses. They are the main sort of synergies, as they like to say, or cost cuts, as everyone else knows them, that the banks intend to make after completion. And the branch network that Unicredit owns in Germany is all centred or located in the south, in Bavaria, whereas Commerzbank has a more sort of national network. And so there would be fewer branch closures Therefore, fewer rank-and-file job cuts, and Unicredit is hoping that that would make its bid more attractive to politicians in Berlin who are worried about taking the blame for so many job cuts. Let me bring Stephen in here. Stephen, what do you think this does, if anything, to the Deutsche Commerz negotiations? Has it rattled people? Well, this was already a very high-stakes negotiation for Deutsche because it really is the last chance saloon for the current management team to turn things around. They do need Commerce Bank's good, strong domestic business to help them reduce their funding costs and really re-establish themselves after a very harrowing few years where the share price has fallen almost 90%. 
and um, return on equity has dwindled to about 1%. One still imagines that Deutsche and Commerce is the preferred combination of the German government, who are, of course, operating behind the scenes to try and recreate what they've called a national champion, which some people find funny considering the parlor state of both lenders. But the fact that Unicredit and potentially others as well, like ING or BNP, are there waiting really does add pressure on Deutsche to make this work and make this work quickly. You can see by the reaction of the share prices after David's great scoop this week, Deutsche and Unicredit shares both fell, but Commerce Bank went up about 3.5%. So clearly there's one winner in this battle over Commerce Bank and investors are still dubious on the logic of sort of a cross-border European banking merger. It's one that we will probably find out a lot more about in the coming couple of weeks because, as you say, the pressure is on Deutsche and Comets to get something done relatively quickly on this. We will keep watching. Thank you for that. Let's move on now to our second story and a look at Standard Chartered. So, Caroline, a very big fine. Yeah, that's right. So Standard Chartered will pay $1.1 billion in total in fines to various enforcement agencies on both sides of the Atlantic. And that's over allegations that it violated Iranian sanctions once again, it has to be said, because obviously Tuesday's fine comes seven years after Standard Chartered first entered a DPA um, over similar allegations back in 2012. That is a deferred prosecution agreement, which means that as long as they didn't do it again, then they wouldn't get prosecuted. But they were found to have repeated their actions. That's right. So recidivism is one element of the size of this particular fine and one reason why the regulators found this particularly troublesome. So the bank said on Tuesday that this deferred prosecution agreement that they have with US agencies will have to be extended now until 2021. So that's an added headache really for the bank. Yes, because in practical terms, that means they have monitors, so-called, inside the bank, making sure that they're not up to any dodgy dealings. And they just have to be much more cautious about the way they operate, I suppose. That's right. I mean, they did say that they don't have to enter into any new monitorships as a result of the announcement. But you're right in that it essentially is giving them a yellow card. And if they violate it again, it does mean that regulators can once more throw the book at them and indeed criminal prosecutions might follow. On balance, though, it feels like this is a weight lifted from the shoulders of Bill Winters, the chief executive at Stanchart, alongside other challenges that the bank is facing, not least an inability to generate the kind of profits that you might expect of an emerging markets focused bank. Having this legacy issue taken away seems to have given shareholders some comfort. The shares are up slightly maybe it paves the way for a brighter future. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, the bank has been pretty insistent that none of the breaches detailed by the agencies today occurred after 2014. And you're right in that we have been expecting this for quite a long time. The bank is hoping that this will finally draw a line under an investigation that's long been anticipated and really five years worth of investigations So what I would say is that much will depend on the quality of the overhaul that's happened in the interim and the bank can only hope that this doesn't lead yet again to more breaches of its DPA. We shall see. Thank you, Caroline. Finally, a look at the US regulatory scene and particularly as it affects foreign banks in the US. 
there's been an interesting announcement from the Fed, and we're joined now by Laura from New York to talk about this. Laura, the Fed's proposing a suite of changes. Is this on balance, more of a deregulation story? Are banks going to be happy with what's coming? It's certainly a change in regulation story. Whether it's deregulation or not very much depends on the banking question. So for the large US domestic banks, yes, they're clearly getting some relief here. And what they're getting is, instead of having to file these very lengthy and onerous living wills plans every year, they'd have to file the full version only once every four years and a slimmed down version every two years. And the living wills plans are basically meant to show how banks can be wound down safely. And they are a very onerous thing for the bank to produce. So I think big US domestic banks will be happy with that. For the foreign bank situation is less clear. So the smaller foreign banks, those typically have less than 250 billion in assets, they are getting some relief and they will have some relief around the stress tests and they will have some relief around capital requirements and it's similar to what was proposed for small domestic banks back in October so that's good news probably for the likes of Santander. Among the larger US banks people like Deutsche Bank, Barclays, Credit Suisse there's some debate as to whether yesterday's announcement is good news or bad news so there's certainly some additional restrictions around liquidity it's just taking people a while to work out whether those are going to be significant or not so certainly it's not a clear win for the foreign banks especially for the largest foreign banks so this latest effort to ease at least some regulation comes just a couple of days before the top seven u.s bank ceos are due to appear on the hill to talk about what they've done since the crisis what do we expect to see from them they'll be talking about everything really from how the risk of too big to fail has been reduced since the crisis, what the banks have done for the economy since the crisis. There'll also probably be some grilling around the issue of CEO pay since that's a popular topic on the Hill. And this is a fairly wide ranging thing and you can have a lot of people asking questions, so it will probably fly off in 10 million different directions. I mean, it's kind of a toss up as to whether this is a serious policy chat or whether it's basically going to be a lot of recriminations and grandstanding. So that will be on on Wednesday. Thanks, Laura. Well, that's it for this week. All that's left for me to do is to thank Caroline and Stephen here in London, also David Crow, who was calling in, and Laura from New York. And also thank you for listening. If you're not already an FT subscriber, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer. And remember, you can keep up to date with all of the latest banking stories at ft.com banking. Banking Weekly was produced by Fiona Simon. Until next week, goodbye. Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.